This is Psych, Wine, and Pop Culture, a podcast brought to you by two best friends. I'm Dr. Heather. I have a PhD in clinical psychology, and I live in Southern California. And I'm Kristen, former journalist living in Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas. Join us for a glass of wine, providing a psychological perspective on popular TV shows and movies. And candid conversations about mental health. This podcast is not meant to replace or supplement medical advice from a health practitioner. This podcast is meant for educational purposes only. Well, welcome back, everyone. It's been a hot minute since we brought you some new episodes. I know, I know. Hopefully we still have followers, people. (laughs) (laughs) But if you're listening, we're really grateful that you came back because we, yes, we took some time off. But um, I feel like we were getting a lot of things done personally. And Heather has an exciting announcement. She is almost there. She's getting her licensing to be a clinical psychologist. And you've passed one of two tests, right? Yes, exactly. So I'm so excited. That first test was the hardest. Mm -hmm. The second one's not so hard. So that's my next thing that I'm going to be working on. I remember when you shared with everyone that time that you did not pass it. And you were like really heartbroken. And I said, I feel like it's a really important thing to share with our followers because, you know, like, I feel like they need to know about the failures as much as the wins, because those are the ones that really help us grow those from those failures. Oh, I totally agree with you. And this is something that, you know, things are difficult and difficult things usually don't happen as easy or as fast as you want them to. So it's just like a lesson that just don't give up, basically, if you don't, you know, if you fail, try again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we are really excited if you did come back to listen to this episode, because we are actually having a candid conversation about vibing with your therapist. So we're going to be talking about some things that you should consider if you want to know if your therapist is a good fit for you. And then we're also going to share some personal examples of therapists that we've vibed with and the ones we did not vibe with. Yeah, and we're going to share with you things to consider when you're starting with the new therapist. I feel like the episode overall is going to be insightful, especially for people who haven't used therapy, but also who already have and maybe they're finding a new therapist. So we'll go ahead and get started. So as usual, Heather, she does have some research to share with us. Yeah, so I have some research, and I found something on Healthline. I thought the title was really interesting, and it's called Six Signs You Should Swipe Right on Your Therapist, which I thought was hilarious. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) It's like Tinder for therapists, but not really. (laughs) Um, But yeah, they had some good little um, tips in there, things that I've experienced both as a therapist myself, but also as a patient. Mm -hmm. So I think we can dive into like our personal experiences in the episode and yeah. Yeah, I think that that'll be fun. Um, but before we get started, do you think we should do a little reintroduction as to who we are? Yeah, I think so. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> I'm Dr. Heather and I have a PhD in clinical psychology. I have been a therapist, professor, and I'm also bicultural. So I'm half white, half Mexican. And I'm very, very much passionate about biculturalism because it's something that makes up many people in the United States. And mm-hmm. Basically, you know, a lot of things go left unsaid, you know, you can't just be one thing or the other. So I really, really love talking about both of my identities. 
Yeah, and I feel like it's such a special lens in which you have, you know, issued therapy to like patients in the past. I feel like it makes you a really compassionate person and able to see from other people's perspectives. And like, I just love the way you talk about it in, in past episodes, like we did in that episode with uh, Selena and biculturalism. Yes, that's one of my favorite episodes. Um, we all love Selena. Mm. I think Kristen's probably the Selena queen over there. She has like <laughs> trivia and fun facts. All right, that's enough about me. Kristen, now share about yourself. Um, it's always so hard to talk about yourself, isn't it? Yeah, it's uncomfortable. It must be really uncomfortable for you and all your accomplishments. <laughs> um, so I, my background is in broadcasting. I am a former local television news reporter. Um, and I feel like I use a lot of those storytelling skills in our podcast and what we do. And I just really believe in, you know, sharing the knowledge and the information that Heather has acquired over the years and all of her wisdom and kind of using this podcast as a platform to share with, um, with our fans. And a lot of those fans uh, belong to communities of color. And I feel like, you know, we are both in a position um, knowledge wise and you know in our own personal experiences to sort of use this podcast as a way to share you know things about mental health yeah I think one of our major goals is just to like destigmatize mental health for you know? sure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely so I'm really excited to get started with this episode so we did another episode called Therapy's not scary and we sort of addressed about just a few myths about therapy things that people, you know, if you're, if you've never done therapy before, maybe like you're unsure about these things. So we want to kind of give you a little recap about those myths because they might help give you some context as to, you know, the six signs. What was the article called? Six signs you should swipe right on your therapist. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So the first myth about therapy, therapy means you're crazy. Uh, no. <laughs> Therapy means you're healthy <laughs> and you have some insight and you want to, you know, have growth. I love that. All right. Myth number two. Therapy is just paying for a friend to listen. I, no, no, no. I'm not going to pay my friends <laughs> to tell me advice. I mean, for free, of course, yes. But in this case, you're looking for a professional that has an unbiased opinion about the situation. Yes, and plenty and plenty of knowledge, and they've studied, Mm -hmm. right, mental health conditions and all that good stuff. Exactly, and they have tools and coping skills that maybe your friends don't have. (laughs) Yep, yep. Number three, therapy is expensive. I feel like that is just so untrue on so many levels. You can get it for free depending where you're at. You can go to a church, you know, community centers, so that is so untrue. Mm, Yes. And myth number four, if I start a therapy, I will stay in it forever. Uh, no, <laughs> that's just a hard no. Therapy can um, be lifelong in a sense where you may need it from time to time, but mm-hmm. it's not like you start it and then you never end it continuously. Okay. Well, now that we've addressed those, what are some things that you should consider or think about when you're starting a new relationship with your therapist? So one thing I want to talk about is that when you start a relationship with your therapist, it's a relationship, right? But we think like romantic, right? <laughs> oh, relationship. Oh, my God. No, it's a professional relationship, right? You're paying the person, you're paying them for their expertise, you know, their wisdom in that sense. 
So this is a professional relationship. It's a transaction and it's not going to be like that romantic or friendship. This is a professional relationship that should help you. Oh, yeah. Okay. I love that you can give that context too because you have been a therapist yourself. (laughs) Yes, I've been a therapist myself. And also I did my own therapy as a patient because I felt like if I'm going to be the best therapist I could be, I also have to work through my own issues. That's really great and insightful. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) So do we want to go ahead and get started on the signs? Yes. So (laughs) we'll go ahead and get started. I didn't include all of them because some of them get all meshed in together. So I kind of just summarized the article for us. Okay. Um, So the first one is, do you genuinely like your therapist? Ooh, that's a good question to ask yourself. Right? Yeah. Like, I think that's very, like, um, telling in the sense that in that first, like, exchange with your therapist, you don't even feel like you like them. I think that's, like, a red flag. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Think about it. If you were dating a guy and you don't like him right away, are you going to continue dating him? (laughs) I don't know. Some people do. (laughs) Well, I don't. And I think it's the same thing with your therapist. If you generally don't like your therapist, you're probably not going to work well together. You're probably going to like butt heads a lot or they're not going to understand your perspective. Mm, Okay. Yeah. You know, I can recall an example right away when I just did not like my therapist from the get go. So I was a news reporter and I, you know, was going through a lot of stuff. I was seeing a lot of things, you know, like being in the business. Um, it's really hard, like lots of pressure, um, and lots of responsibility, of course. So, you know, I knew from the past that utilizing therapy, um, it just really helped me get through a lot of things. And I, I recognized that this was a time in my life where I was going to need that assistance. So my therapist, he was more like into wanting to know like what I did for a living and it not in the sense of like, oh, well, tell me about, you know, the pressure at work or describe for me some of these things. No, it was more of like, oh, so, you know, do you have like somebody that like does your makeup and like, you know, do you get, uh, do you get to like, do you have a budget with clothes or you're just like weird stuff? Can I chime in? Yeah. I felt like he, I remember she told me this story and when she told it, I felt like it was as if he wanted to know like about a celebrity, you know? Like I was not, (laughs) I was not a celebrity. Like you want to know all these things behind the scenes and it's like, yeah, you probably do, but as a therapist, that's really not therapeutic. You know, asking you, did that help you? No, right? So he probably right. shouldn't ask those things. Yeah, I just thought that he was going to be good because he had that, you know, PhD. He was a psychologist, a clinical psychologist. And, you know, in past episodes, we've talked about this, whether it's like a clinical social worker or it's a licensed marriage and family therapist. You know, all these therapists, they have different titles and different le- levels of education. And for me personally, I realize like it doesn't always mean just because they're a clinical psychologist that they're more capable of helping you than the others, you know? Yes, exactly, exactly. So again, you know, there's going to be different professionals, so don't always just go one or towards the other. You got to be open and we'll talk about different things as far as like what type of therapist, but we'll go ahead on to number two. Mm -hmm. So you're going to swipe around your therapist if you don't feel comfort. (laughs) (laughs) so there has to be a general feeling of comfort you know feeling comfortable 
you know, in the first session, you should definitely feel comfortable to, to be listened to. And then also throughout the course of therapy, you have times where you may feel uncomfortable, where your therapist will challenge you. But in order to have some growth, your therapist should challenge you to think differently, learn different perspectives and discuss things that are impeding your path to progress. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I can think of times where I was speaking with my licensed uh, marriage and family therapist. Uh, this was me transitioning out of news reporting and I was coming back. You know, it was like a life, a life change, I guess you could say. Because uh, I was coming back home and, uh, you know, I was adjusting to a lot and mm -hmm. reacquainting myself with this area where I live and all that stuff, you know, making new friends. Um, so there were a lot of times where she had to ask me questions and, you know, like I had to look inward and anytime you kind of do that sort of like introspection, mm -hmm. it is very uncomfortable, but you have to have that level of comfort with them that they're kind of like doing what's in your best interest, I guess, even though it's sort of provoking these uncomfortable feelings. Exactly. Exactly. It's not they're that are judging you, but they're letting you have this information so you can be more aware of it. Yeah, totally. So what's the third one? Okay, this one's pretty simple, but good communication. Well, wouldn't people expect their therapist to have good communication skills? <laughs> that makes me crack up. Um, well, yeah, of course, the therapist should have good communication skills. However, sometimes it could be that you're a therapist and you are not vibing because of different personalities. Mm. Also, some therapists may have a different style of therapy, which a lot of people don't know about. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's when it gets really complicated sometimes, so... It's almost like ignorance is bliss. Like, I wish Heather wouldn't have told me those things, those different styles, because then I'm thinking, oh, which one do I need? And yeah, it's just it's just too much. I feel like in the future, I'm just going to kind of go with my gut. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I was going to say. You know, you could research these things, but at the end of the day, it's at the level of how you feel, right? At your gut, do you feel comfortable with this person? Do they feel like, you know good communication with them are you being listened to that's pretty much like the foundation for a good therapeutic relationship so can I ask you a question yeah go ahead what would you say your personal style of communication is as a therapist mm. <laughs> this is kind of funny I think I'm a combination of different things but um I can be directive so like if I if you do the same thing over and over and over again I'm gonna call you out on it <laughs> Ooh. I'm going to call you. I'm like, really, Kristen? <laughs> what, what are you doing? We just talked about this three weeks ago. <laughs> but then sometimes I like for you to come to your own conclusions about things. So sometimes I'm indirect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Anything else about communication before we move on to the fourth? Honestly, I think it's just going to depend, like, again, back on the personality styles and what your communicative style is, right? If you find people who are assertive, and direct like as maybe rude maybe that's not the therapist for you right you might you might not be receptive towards that so again it goes back to like what are you receptive to receiving receptive to receiving <laughs> that makes sense <laughs> okay so let's move on to the fourth okay the fourth one is appropriate boundaries so this is very important because it's something that not every patient or client thinks about yeah, brown boundaries. Like I think boundaries is almost trendy nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, we talk about boundaries all the time to like 
as a self-care thing you know yeah that's true that's true having boundaries like in your friendships your romantic relationships so with that I think it's very important to have boundaries also in those professional relationships you have with your therapist can you think of a time that a boundary was crossed with you as a patient or as a therapist Ooh. (laughs) can you like think of an example for both I was thinking patient as a patient as a patient yeah as a patient that's pretty easy i would say that's yeah that's sad to say mm-hmm. what happened well um they basically wanted to go out for a drink what the heck mm-hmm. that's so weird and i was like why would i do that <laughs> you know <laughs> like that's just I just feel like that's like a recipe for chaos, you know? <laughs> no, what yeah. the hell? That's so weird. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then as a therapist, there's been times where like, uh, how can I say this? A patient gets too close to you. Mm-hmm. You know, like they want to hug you. And I don't know. I honestly, I don't, I don't like physical touch when it comes to clients. And the reason for that is because that could be like sending mixed signals. You know, mm-hmm. like, let's say there's like attraction, right? That could send a mixed signal to a patient. So I just try to stay away from that. That's so uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. And I've, I've heard like horror stories, like, you know, crossing a boundary where, you know, a therapist tries to date a patient. That's a huge boundary issue. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, you know, this kind of reminds me of a future episode that we'll be doing. Best and Worst Therapist. Oh, my God, guys. <laughs> in TV and movies. Yeah. Yeah. There, I hate to say this, guys, but in pop culture, sometimes you see the worst therapist. <laughs> I'm like, really? You guys are making us look bad. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, that's why we got to have an episode about it. And we got to call those ones out. <laughs> We're going to call them like we see them. Yeah, but then we also have some good examples, too. So we'll kind of, like, share those, you know, those good representations in pop culture and the accurate ones, right? Yeah, and one last thing to share about appropriate boundaries is, like, simple things, like, whenever you and your therapist set an appointment, like, you really shouldn't be late, and they shouldn't be late for you either. Mm. So making sure you're on time, they're on time, you know, expectations of therapy, and, like, when are you able to call your therapist, like... As a patient, you wouldn't want to call your therapist at one in the morning if that's not what they said they could do for you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I had this one therapist that was okay with me emailing her if I couldn't make it to an appointment or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, but that's something that we kind of had to talk about ahead of time. Like, is it okay to contact you, you know, outside of the therapy session allotted time? Exactly, exactly. And definitely those things should be talked about at the beginning of therapy well scrolling down i see something called fun findings so oh this is a really good question does the gender of your therapist really matter i know i get that question a lot so before i tell you the answer what do you think Mm, no (laughs) okay you're right (laughs) i'm right yeah, so matching your gender with your therapist actually doesn't really have any significant effect as far as developing that therapeutic relationship. Okay, so another thing that 
you pointed out here in our outline that I feel like I wonder about a lot. And I, I think, you know, friends who have never done therapy ask me as somebody who has done therapy, like, does the age matter? You know, that your age compared with the therapist's age, does that matter? That is an excellent question. So before I answer it, what do you think, Kristen? No. No. <laughs> so I'll tell you the answer. So interestingly, therapy relationships who are similar in age have positive effects. So basically <gasps> whenever... So I'm wrong? Okay, I'm right. Don't. <laughs> I will tell you at the end. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. Keep no worries. Going. So, yeah, if you're the same age, you know, like, let's say you're in your 30s and your therapist is in their 30s, too, it tends to show some positive effects. And they call it the youth effect. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, they always have a name for something. In the same way, when the therapist is younger than the client, there's also an initial positive growth of therapy after the first session. When the therapist is younger than the client? And actually, I think I have personal experience with this because... Um, I used to do therapy in nursing homes, like with people, you know, in their 70s, 80s, 90s. Yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. And I was shook because I thought they'd be like, who's this little girl trying to tell me what to do? <laughs> and no, they were just so receptive. I was shocked. Like, I think that was probably the best experience I got. And almost like I loved doing therapy with them because they were just so receptive. That's so cool. I love that. Okay, so am I right or wrong? <laughs> 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 so in this case um it's it's um hmm you are wrong <laughs> because you can say it's hard to tell you you're wrong Kristen it, it hurts no, I'm just kidding <laughs> so age kind of does matter um only in the sense that if you get an old therapist doesn't mean like oh my god I'm not gonna have a good therapist it just shows that people who are younger as therapists tend to have like a more positive effect okay well that's good to know Personally, I feel like I kind of like an older therapist, but more of like a mother age therapist. Oh, I love those too. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I've had a couple good ones so that I can think of. But well, this has been some really great information, Dr. Heather. And I really hope that this episode was helpful and insightful for some of you. And, you know, as always, we always want to know how we're doing. So like, go ahead and let us know. Leave a review. Um, on whatever podcast platform that you're listening to us on because we would really appreciate it. We've appreciated all the feedback that we've received so far. And, you know, we love you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we love you guys. So if you ever have any ideas for future episodes or suggestions of what we can do better, you can email us at psychwinepop at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can follow us on Instagram at psychwinepop. Until next time. This podcast is not meant to replace or supplement medical advice from a health practitioner. This podcast is meant for educational purposes only. 